0: Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers, new episode, new week, or bi-week, you know, because we do it every two weeks. I don't even know if that's a thing. I am Crofton Steers, one of the two hosts of the show, with me, not my daughter Gwen, sometimes co-host, but the OG co-host, Ryan Murphy. Welcome, Ryan.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. I want to thank Gwen for her... Excellent work, uh, you know, telling very interesting stories about Mario Wonder and Girl Guides and uh building a snowman. Um, it was all very good. And honestly, uh she's uh she's famous now. My favorite moment of the whole thing was when <laughs> she was like, Well, I can do this now. We don't need Ryan. Uh and I'm pretty sure <laughs> Compton- I you like that i'm pretty sure crofton's in the background uh well actually he was in the background uh doing this i think i want ryan back so there was that but
0: uh... (gasps) oh no you have the (laughs) voice you have the receipts
1: i do have plenty of receipts but this is my favorite this is probably a clip i might have to trim down if i'm ever going to play it again but this is one of my favorite it was right near the tail end of the the show That sounds no. so good. I'm gonna be in this because now I'm famous. You're not. You're not
0: famous. There's like five people. Who I'm love
1: famous me. now. <laughs> <laughs> she
0: says it. She says it with such energy. I'm I famous know. now. I'm, I'm uh, so famous. The power has gone straight to my head. You can almost, while you're listening to it, feel the power going to her head. Like at the beginning, she's all, you know, respectful. Is it her turn to talk? What's the question? I'm going to answer it. And then by the end, she's firing on all cylinders and is like, shut up, dad. Let's go. I'm famous, bitches. You know, like (laughs) it's it's really, it really escalated quite rapidly.
1: It did. It was Um, like 40 minutes of this slow, like, you know, build up towards this. No, Ryan's done. All I need to do is is to learn how to edit and post and, and we're good. And we're uh, good. Yeah.
0: I'm taking his job. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you?
1: So now I have that. So I,
0: I get that enough during the day, during the day. Yeah.
1: You don't want to like record after hours, have her stay up late past bedtime and uh, record some more podcasts with you. I mean, I could take, I could take another week off. I'm feeling pretty sleepy.
0: Uh, how dare you?
1: Yeah. How dare I? <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, she did an awesome job. And honestly, like, you know, when she says I'm famous now, I really think that uh, she was, fa- she is famous because the discord, our discord bit.ly slash TGI discord, we have a channel in there. It's part of the gamers in discord dungeon diapers. Uh, people were like over the moon about the guest spot, uh, sending me timestamps. Uh, I ended up listening to the whole thing just to, to grab as much clips as I could um like this one yeah nice sarcasm so we'll be able to use that whenever we want um (laughs) people are sending me timestamps, congratulating her and uh yeah and i'm not going to explain the whole thing it's a very complicated story
0: it is funny because you know like the, the whole they grow up so fast but we we recorded when we started this show the idea was we had kids in diapers D- Clara had just been born. Izzy was not born yet. And it is just funny because Gwen and Caden are two uh, oldest, would be nowhere near uh, a spot where they could, you know, speak into a mic coherently and stuff. So it is just funny how how things shift and how things move so quick, you know. Um, parenting, man, it's crazy,
1: right? It's very crazy.
0: Uh, there's no way to make this this uh transition work other than to say, speaking of crazy, um did you see the trailer for Madame Webb?
1: <laughs> yes, I saw it. And I'm like, Sony.
0: Honestly, you have you have the license and you anchor it around Madam Webb? as opposed to like one of the spider women with Madame web as the cameo. Like she's, she's the, cause she in the comics is like, you know, first of all, limited. It's not just that she's limited to a wheelchair, but she's, she's like in isolation pretty much on a, she's, she doesn't move around the world. She's like the wise woman that Spider-Man goes to see that can view the future. And I know this is supposed to be like a flashback or I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but, what struck me when I was watching this trailer was just how absolute shit it looks uh, as a movie and like beyond, you know, you can make any sort of concept work. You can stretch things or whatever. I saw a lot of comments being like, this looks like a fan made film. And like, I have to agree. It, it does, uh, it does look like that. And coming off the trailers for Craven and, you know, the Morbius movie, which I didn't see, but I understand is an Oscar winner. Uh, or not you know definite oscar nominee and then and then there's the venom movies which again i have not seen but i think venom at least you can make the argument when they said venom with no spider-man i was like how are you doing that but at least you can make the argument that he has name value that people know who he is and that you can anchor a film around him these other characters are just like what are you Doing here and and like you know the Marvels hit this weekend to a lead balloon the lowest MCU rate uh, grosses yet and that's with like the the power of the MCU these side characters like I can only assume with superhero saturation and full blast that th- th- these movies are just going to get ripped apart unless they have like something that is going to bring people to the box office. And what drives me the most nuts is that Spider-Man has characters. I am playing a video game right now that has characters. Like the Black Cat could anchor a movie much more than Madam Web. Like wh- I just – I just don't understand. And I know at one point they were talking about black hat and silver sable in movies. uh, And, uh, and then they went in a different direction. I just, Ryan, I saw this yesterday and I had to find, I'm like, I need somewhere to rant about this because I like, I don't know what they're doing and how they can get the spider verse movie. So right. Like Sony can, and you know, they could partner with, with MCU on Spider-Man and do quite well with it. And then, you know, they're just like pulling it apart for these what look like direct to DVD trash bombs. No offense, I have not seen this movie, but like, and I'm fully willing to eat crow if Madame Webb turns out to be the greatest movie of all time. But color me skeptical face on this, uh, Ryan, because I don't, I do not think that's going to be the case.
1: Yeah. skeptical face I think that's an accurate uh response I I think that I watched the trailer and I I appreciate that they're trying to do more with the uh the you, B characters side characters like supporting characters from the Spider-Man sort of um mythos and and, and lore um and I think it's cool that they are bringing but it kind of feels like it, it feels kind of rushed, you know, like you've got three different spider women and then they've merged two, I my understanding is they've merged two characters together to make the villain who is also Spider-Man it's convoluted and complex. And it's like, I would rather see them. I would actually rather see them do, you know, let's just do a movie. Uh, and I know they were working on a spider woman movie. Like, do that movie, you know, and then maybe move towards Madam Web as the connecting tissue. Like it seems like they're always trying to skip Madam a step.
0: Webb. Oh my god! When they announced this is going to be a movie, I was like, "There's no way it's that it's actually going to be a movie." Like. It was just like they, this was at the time where they listed all these movies and they had like the Aunt May origin movie or something like that. They had a, they had all these movies. Yes. Oh, yeah. They had this, there was this list that went out of all these like non Spider Man, Spider Man. Like it was, it was just ridiculous. Like intellectual property larceny practically or exploitation, like just mining it down to the bone. And, uh, and when I saw the list, I remember being like, "God, I hope none of those happen." But there was some that that I was, I I, you know, like obviously the Venom movie. Even I think it was called Black and Silver, Silver and Black, or something. The the Black Cat Silver Sable movie. I'm like, okay, I could see how you could do something there. And then, but then, (laughs) but then, when I saw the Madam Web movie, I was like, okay, I'm like, that's never gonna happen. Like that movie is. Is, is not going to happen, and the fact that it it has happened, and recently, you know, there's been this criticism about these movies, uh, especially David Zaslav, everybody's fam- famous real life favorite real life villain from uh, <laughs> from uh, the Warner Brothers and and all that, like putting putting these films and uh, on ice for tax purposes, uh, like Batwoman and 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 uh, what is it, Wiley e. Coyote versus Acme, and all these films. It's getting a tremendous amount of rightful criticism. I just feel like if you told me tomorrow, we're putting Madame Webb and Craven on ice for tax purposes. I'd be like, you know what? I think the world's a better place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really don't get it. Honestly, like I feel like if Marvel and Sony have a, a, a good working relationship, um, is it really just the financing and profit sharing that, that scares them away from actually working together on all the other properties more closely. I think, I think with venom, honestly, I think you're right. It, it, they picked the one character that you could spin out and remove Spider-Man. But like, honestly, Crofton, if you're paying attention to YouTubers, Reddit, Twitter, all the social media about any of these, uh, Sony Spider-Man, um, uh, universe movies, the comments always, Move to well. I wonder when Spider Man is going to show up. I wonder, like they keep teasing Spider Man. Maybe they'll bring back Andrew Garfield for Amazing Spider Man three. It's always leading back to these fans being like hopeful that we're going to get that. Um, and I just don't think Sony is smart enough to to make that leap, or at least to realize like you know we need to we need to work together to to make this happen to make to make a truly connected universe but i i think the mcu is is kind of in an interesting place because now if they don't sort of pivot and and make some corrections and um, we'll have some mcu stuff to talk about later on that is actually really good i have not seen the marvels i hear it's really fun you know i hear it's yeah, really fun but, but it, you're I, right. it's, I
0: heard it's, good it's, stuff too
1: it's about saturation right like i have no i have no interest in going out to the theaters because i feel like we just I just had a Marvel um experience with Loki season two. So I'm good. Like, I'm like, I'm good until, well, when's the next one? January, Disney Plus, you know, I- I'm good. I can wait till January. And that's likely when the Marvels will hit as well alongside Echo. And it's like, I don't need to go to the theaters to see it because I can wait the two months because I've already had my Marvel fix. But if you rewind four or five years, it was too sometimes three, but usually just two Marvel movies. So it was a theater event. It was a get off your butt and go to the theaters and, and feel that like, oh man, Marvel. Yeah. I can't wait.
0: Even like when you did your walk of pilgrimage for Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness, like (laughs) that was like, that was a moment where you were like still very excited about this stuff. And you're not doing pilgrimages for the Marvels. And I just think that, that it it is yes saturation but also they have nothing else to pin it on. Like, there is nothing in movie theaters right now. Before this movie hit, I was looking last week for kids' movies, and I was like, what's in movie theaters right now? And I took a look, and it was like, there's like some Exorcist movie or whatever. Like, there was a couple of others. There's nothing. There's really nothing. It The runway was there for the Marvels to demolish. Like, anybody wanted to go see the movie. So there's a big MCU movie. You could just go see it. And like a lead balloon, it failed. And I think – that that goes to show that we are at that point where people are, you know, are starting to tune out from all this stuff because there's no larger purpose. They're not, you know, super invested in these characters. This movie that just came out was a cross of television show characters with movie characters. You know, it's just, it's just tough. It's tough. They're doing, and you know, Variety put out that piece recently kind of, going behind the scenes. Marvel knows what sort of situation it's in, but like this reminds me very much of the comic books because comic books have boom periods and then fallow periods. There are periods like in the early nineties where Marvel itself was facing bankruptcy. Right. And that's what led to some of these like in perpetuity film deals for Spider-Man and X-Men and stuff. They were like selling the house out right to ensure that they could stay in business because business was bad at that time and honestly um the idea that you go and you watch these 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 every like the idea that i would go to a comic book store and read every comic that marvel puts out a month is ridiculous. Like, I'm like, uh, I would go and if Spider-Man was in a comic, I would read it. And Marvel knew that. They had whole comics like Marvel's team up, Spider-Man and X-Men, Spider-Man and Captain America. The only thing was Spider-Man was in everyone. So it wasn't a Marvel team up. It was a Spider-Man team up. But they knew that that's how they were going to sell it, right? So I, I, just, I just think we're now at the point – they did a good job of elevating some of their B and C level characters. But now people are at a point where they're like, well, I'll go see – this character or that character, but I'm not going to go see everything. There's no reason mm. for me to go see everything anymore. And I, I get, I get that. And I also, one thing I'm curious about Ryan is if like, so Sony has a rights to Spider-Man, uh, but there's no, re- there's, I don't think there's anything that stops them from putting out their own Spider-Man movies, except for the idea that audiences might be confused because there's the MCU Tom Holland, Spider-Man, But I would argue like there's been so many of these Spider-Man movies culminating in Endgame that people are not stupid and the appetite is there. So if there was one Spider-Man movie a year right now, one was MCU, one – the next year was animated – into the Spider-Verse, the next year was uh, another live-action Spider-Man that is not the same as Tom Holland. Maybe it's the one dealing with all these C-list Sony shenanigans. Uh, Maybe it's Andrew Garfield. Maybe it's somebody completely new. I think people would figure it out, and I think that that Spider-Man movie would make more money than – as long as it was good quality, would make more money than all these, like – junk character movies like because i think sony could make another spider-man series if it wanted to the only reason it's not is because they're like well there's one going and tom holland is that spider-man there's no there's nothing in their marvel deal that stops them from also having a spider-man you know
1: yeah uh, no I uh Uh, as far as I understand you're right like I think that if you look at No Way Home uh where they have multiple live action Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire I don't think is 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 looking to come back uh full time to deal with um Madam Web um but you know you could you could look to bring in you know uh like it doesn't even have to be Spider-Man it it can be any no, it has many to be Spi- Spider Man. I don't no, think it, has, it to has to be. No,
0: I, I disagree. It has to be all these. seal. If, if it's not Spider Man, create your own goddamn superhero. But well, what was Spider Gwen? Don't go. Don't go oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, that's what I'm spider- saying. It doesn't
1: have to be the Spider Man, oh, Peter Parker. It can be it's
0: oh, right, but it has to be that figure like Miles, Gwen, Peter. And uh, some, like, maybe even Miguel, like, from the, you know, Spider-Man sure. 2099. I think it you could do Spider-Woman
1: be... as well. Like, I think there's enough iconi- iconic, you know, artwork and comics out there that I, I think you could do. You could do a Spider-Woman. Like, I think that.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Like, I think you could do with a spider I, I think that, like, and Spider-Woman fans may argue there's, like, the Jessica Drew 80s Animated series, and there was, you know, Julia Carpenter's got her own stuff. Like, there's all there are Spider-Woman things, but my feeling is that Spider Woman has never in comics or in other media resonated in the ways come close to resonating the way any like even Spider Gwen has. So I would say that if there is a Spider-Woman thing, then you you would want to almost do your own thing. And I think that's sort of what they did with into the spider verse where miles is kind of a new character they created this lore with the prowler being his uncle that is now carried over to video games and other things you know um i think they could do that i think they could beef up spider woman maybe but like they need that heroic figure and that it's got to be a spider like either create your own superhero or use somebody that you can really anchor the film around that's going to draw people in that has the word spider in the title and no web does not count especially like like there's no way if i showed that trailer to my mom and said like you know what do you think of this she would not know that it's related in any way to spider-man you know she'd be like this is weird i'm like did you not see it had the word web in the title (laughs) spider-man spins webs it's the same thing she's like she'd be like all right sure it looks like a thriller to me i'm like A bad one. I'm like, yep, no, that's
1: fair. (laughs) Yeah. But then she'd also say, can you not explain this to me right now? (laughs) So I think that's likely how that would go. I I think, uh, Sony is never going to make, um, a good decision on this. And I, I think the, you're right. The main reason they hold off on bringing any sort of, you know, mainstream spider character forward is because they, they have the deal with Marvel and it's working, they also have their own animated stuff, and it's working. Um, and I think they are slowly building to something a little bit bigger. I mean, if you look at the slate for the Spider-Man Sony universe, they have three movies coming out next year. They have Madam Web, Craven, and Venom 3. All three are, are scheduled for 2024, which is bananas. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs>
1: bananas. only...
0: There's only one MCU com- movie coming out next year, and it's Deadpool 3, which isn't really even an MCU movie. They scaled way, way back. Meanwhile, Sony is just going to destroy it for them because, because you know they're feeling – they recognize, as the Variety article says, that we're at a saturation point, and they need to scale back, and they need to be more strategic. They're going to scale back, but meanwhile, there's all these movies that are going to hit theaters with the Marvel – Name at the front is going to be these <laughs> Sony crap bests, and then by the time they come back the year after, people will be like, it's like you never left, you know. Like it, in yeah. fact, it's gotten shittier. Um, oh my goodness, these these are the. I do I do have to admit though, like, and maybe this is part of Sony's strategy. I don't think it worked for Morbius and Morbin Time and all of that, but like the <laughs> idea that that a movie be so bad that people meme it and then go see it out, out of like Lols, you know, like they're like, Oh, let's go see Madam Webb. And, you know, like almost like kind of B B movie, make jokes, jokes about it. Um, if that's the idea with these movies, like be a Craven or more Morbius, like that, they're not even trying, they're trying to make kind of B movies that people will shit on with the idea that they have like some sort of economic model that supports that then, I mean, okay, fair game. It sucks that it's at Spider-Man's world's expense, but, like, I mean, at least they know what they're doing. But I don't think that that's the case. They re-released Morbius in the theaters. Like, Morbius came out. It bombed hard. People made mad fun of it online. And then when there were all these memes trending sony re-released it in theaters like two months later to be like let's give it another push because people are laughing at it and i think they'll want to go see it ironically they didn't nobody no. went to see it
1: <laughs> that's not uh that's not surprising i i just i i think the struggle has always been that sony um with that license they they had two decent well-performing spider-man films they had a third one i think that did okay but then they decided like we need to start over again and then they struggled with the amazing spider man movies and you know i and then they hit gold with the mcu and i i think it's partly due to the fact that the mcu is in a good spot and spider-man is a solid character and when you put all that together you have uh you have a, a working formula um i just don't think the mcu is interested in and and they made this good call is I don't think they're interested in like dipping their toes into the Sony universe, right? Like you saw the that. They- no way home
0: ever were sony is doing their damnedest to be sure that they won't (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) like you know you know maybe venom wasn't so bad maybe we can maybe we can merge universes hey have you seen morbius and madame webb uh on second thought uh we're good we're good we're gonna see
1: what they're doing with you mentioned deadpool 3 like the mcu um isn't afraid of taking other people's projects that they were involved in, like the Fox universe of X-Men. Like that's where Deadpool and Wolverine are coming from. It's not a spoiler to say that that's where they're coming from. Cause like that's where they exist and the whole multiverse thing that's going on right now. And so they're not afraid to acknowledge that they're not even, they're not even opposed to like looking at, those like the animated universe, like when they brought in, they're doing X-Men 97 on Disney plus. Like it's, I don't think it's Canon, but they're continuing it. Like Marvel isn't afraid to bring in some less than favorite, uh, franchises, but they're, they're picking they're cherry picking. They're, they're, they're like, okay, like from Spider-Man, we're just going to bring Andrew Garfield, um, and, uh, Tom McGuire and some, some, some of the bad guys from those, all the bad guys really from those films and, and make and give them the MCU spin. So they're, Except for Lizard, I think they kind of kept him about the same. And then, but then leaving everything else alone. Like, we're not bringing Rhino in. We're not bringing, you know, um, uh, I think that's the main one they left alone, Rhino. Uh, And then, and I just, I I agree with you. I don't think MCU is interested in touching what I would more call the Venom verse. I mean, you remember Morbius when they said, we're bringing in uh, Michael Keaton's The Vulture. Like, he's there now. He got transported to that universe through yeah, the Doctor I Strange stuff, I know, right? You
0: know what? I don't even want to know.
1: You know uh, now. I don't do, now? You know too uh,
0: much. <laughs> I know too do much. You know what would be really funny at one point if Sony drinks their own Kool Aid so hard, and that they're at this point where, like, like Venom, Venom standing in a kitchen, and then a, a Doctor Strange portal, <laughs> portal opens, and you see this silhouette, and then out walks. Morbius and the whole theater applauds and then another portal opens and out walks Craven and everybody goes nuts and then a third portal opens and out walks Madame Web and everyone's just like crying with joy they're like oh my god this is the greatest film moment of all time Um, you know like that's obviously what they're what they're yeah. building towards but I I just I, I think for me it's just it just screams like I have never seen I think in my life, and maybe it's because I have an understanding of the Spider-Man property, such creative bankruptcy as I have with these Sony films. Because it is essentially, instead of creating your own characters or your own world or launching your own film, you're like going into these absolute side characters uh, that have no business carrying a film and trying to make it happen. And it just feels like you know, there's no reason why it should be like this. And I would remind you, Ryan, that the reason and the way that Sony is able to keep the rights to Spider-Man is that they have to, by contract, make a Spider-Man film in theaters every so many years. And I don't yeah. I don't remember I don't remember what exactly it is, but if they don't, it they will lose the rights. And um when when amazing Spider-Man was uh, with Andrew Garfield came out and everybody was like, how are you doing a remake? How are you relaunching this franchise when Spider-Man 3 had hit not that long ago? They were, you know, they had three movies with Tobey Maguire. Now they're doing another origin. A lot of people right at that moment were tuned out. The reason that movie happened at all was because if Sony didn't release a movie, they were going to lose the rights back to Marvel. And so I am curious, and I do not know this, if all these B, C, D, actually D and E tier villains count as Spider-Man adjacent movies. Like, do they allow Sony to maintain the Spider-Man rights uh, without even Spider-Man being in them? They can say like, well, this is a Spider-Man movie or this is a Spider-Man themed movie. So we get to maintain the rights. I, d- I don't know, but I know that that's still how the contract luck and they'll yeah they know the value of the spider-man property they're never going to give it up so they have to keep making stuff to keep
1: it from my understanding and and also from uh google's understanding is every five years and uh i think they they hit that i mean they're they are aiming for um a new spider-man film in either 2024 or 2025 i i, I don't think it's 2024 else we would have heard about it by now it's definitely slipped into the in a 2025 just due to the, the, the strikes and such, but
0: they had uh, one this year they had across. The oh, that's right. I, I guess. So like the clock counts. resets like the, yeah, it totally counts. They just essentially they, they're doing it. They're, they're, they're doing it now. They have like an animated version and a live action. Like they're, they're in a spot where they can guarantee, you know, but, but just to know that their decisions are based on production as well as like, they're like, even if a movie bombs or doesn't do as well, if we don't put it out, we're not going to be able to keep these rights. So we have to put it out. It's such a dumb way of doing things. Anyway, that was a good episode.
1: Well, we're not done yet because uh, I know I know most folks heard yesterday's episode. But quickly, let's do this. PlayStation 5 Watch 2023.
0: Just buy it, Crofton.
1: <laughs>
0: you bought it. I did buy it. I did, I did buy it, and um, I like. I mean, it is funny because I'm playing Spider-Man Two, and it's crazy cool and good. And I'm such a Spider fan and, that you know they got they got me with it. Um, but I'm still, I still um, got I've got the buyer's remorse a little bit with the idea. Like, do I really need this? I have all these things. Do I really need it? Um, and I was going to talk about it a little bit more on the the dungeons. But uh, I, I will say that uh, I am enjoying Spider-Man 2. Uh, it's been really good so far. I've been playing Astrobot as well, which is an awesome showcase for it. And it, as I said on the Gamer's Inn, um, it is really cool j- jumping in mid-console and getting access to these things that you did not have access to before. And this, the Dual Sense. Uh, is a is is cool like it's not a regular controller um it does things that other controllers don't do as much as i love my switch pro controller and the xbox uh, elite controller when i switch between one and the other aside from the stupid letter placement of the buttons um they're mostly they're mostly the same they feel really good in my hands or good build controllers they feel nice but they don't they're just controllers they they do They control the game and they have rumble in them and they do, you know, they do whatever they've been doing for multiple generations. I was in my drawer the other day. I picked up an Xbox 360 controller. Doesn't really feel that different from my Xbox Series X controller, like a little different, but not that different. The DualSense is really different and almost in uniformly positive ways. It does all sorts of cool stuff with haptics. Um, I'm really enjoying that. Spider-Man uses those really well, as does uh, Astro Bot. And so, um, yeah, just so far, so far, so good. And our a long collective nightmare is now over, Ryan. It's done. I it's done.
1: It. Put a cap on the PS5 watch. PSVR to watch 2023. Now that you get a PS5 graph. then it's time to buy a PSVR. What? How did that get there? Oh, no oh no
0: this is the sony uh, universe oh no no you, you know what is funny it is funny though I, I was i was thinking about it. not psbr but i well i was thinking about it a little bit because i do have the <laughs> oculus quest 2 and um you know there's the quest 3 now and Bose has got that and uh um you know there's a bunch of games that are coming out like the uh, assassin's creed uh, Nexus, which just the reviews are dropping today, seem like they're pretty good. There's a couple of other VR games I'm like, oh, I should dust off the Quest 2 or should I get a Quest 3? Um, so yeah, you know. You just Ugh. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, you know, I know this is a very uh, clip-heavy intro to the well first 30 minutes of the show, but I've also got a good chunk of these, which is, is going to lead to... Um, Probably some some podcast beef. I don't know.
2: What about what's his um, name? Uh, uh, Crofton. Cro- Crofton, you got something?
1: Crofton, do you have something? Like I, I think that's always the question, right? Like uh, uh, we're 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 gonna we're gonna do Crofton side of core. I've got some clips that have built up, including some recent ones that have really lit Crofton on fire. He actually listened to core to get these, but uh, Crofton side of core. Crofton comes up constantly on core, the uh, video game podcast that Scott. Bo and uh, John do, and uh, Bo is uh, Crofton's bestest friend. Uh, they don't do a podcast together though, which is really weird. Um, so he often brings up Crofton uh, from their real life shenanigans, and um, I clip it, I play it. Crofton talks about his side of the story. Crofton, um, let's start with the uh, well. Let's start with this. Let's start with a light one. Let's start. Let's start light
2: my friend Mike likes to actually every year go and tap actual maple trees and make his own maple syrup and maple syrup. Very sticky.
1: Yeah. So that, that one's about Mike, but Crofton, like, have you had Mike's maple syrup? I'm curious.
0: Oh yeah. I've had Mike's maple syrup. I was at ground zero when he started getting into it. And I will say, and this is a true story that you know, he was up at his family cottage and he was boiling a pot of sap. The cottage is now sold. This is quite a few years ago. And I was getting, I don't know if I, did I not have my driver's license at that point? I can't remember because I got it in my mid thirties, but um, he's a girl was driving us up. Cause she was going kind of on a maple syrup date with Mike and, uh, And we were in her like van and she was kind of like asking us questions about Mike. I think she'd met him a couple of times. Like this wasn't the first time she met him and he'd invited her up to the cottage for maple syrup. And we were coming up to just hang out for a bit and then we were going to leave. I don't remember the logistics. Maybe we left with her. I can't remember. But bottom (laughs) line is bottom line is he married that girl, Andrea. And and, uh, I like to think that it was the maple syrup that stuck them together.
1: Oh, that's nice. That I'm glad that went uh I thought I was just expecting honestly, like, yeah, I've had it, it's pretty good. But that is a really sweet story. Uh and not just because of the maple syrup. Um uh here's well actually now that we're talking about Mike, here's another one uh that, that involves him. But also what is you, this? Crofton. the Mike side no, 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 no. core. <laughs> no, no, no. This one includes you. It was just the one that didn't include you. You're gonna be fine. Uh you're doing great. Okay. Stick with me here. Uh
2: okay. you should get Crofton and Zippy Head over there to do it uh mike uh, mike
1: so uh they were talking about um board games and and uh oh scott and i will be able to talk about it uh probably on you our gotta next you got to give more
0: context to these clips. i'm giving the context i don't even know no no play the context i don't even know what that's about you're like scott like zippy head that's mike and me but what was this about
1: So essentially, uh, so Scott has a new uh, card game that's been shipping out to Kickstarters, uh, people who have backed him on Kickstarter. I have one coming to me. I backed it on Kickstarter. We'll talk about it on a future episode. Um, And he's sending decks to uh, Bo, uh, and he had suggested that Crofton and Zippy Head play with Bo. So that was.
0: Oh, nice. I I would love to play with Zippy Head and with Bo. I will. I will. I will check that out. As long as these clips stay positive, I'm sure I'll play that game.
1: They are maybe for the next one. Okay, uh, this one. This one is was fun. This is back from 384, and it involves Bo sending some questionable stuff to Crofton while he's at work.
2: I like to write really gross messages to Crofton, hoping he's in a meeting. Yeah, so he has to read. Like he'll be in a meeting of something serious, and I'm like, you know, I'll write like. Uh, I bet you'd really, well, I can't even say it. I just think of the grossest (laughs) thing. Lots of stuff. I just think of something really like gross that'll make you react. Like something you really don't want to do. Maybe that would make you uncomfortable or something. I do this. I try to write that in all seriousness, hoping the Slack message pops up on his phone. He looks down at his phone. He just, you know, sees a picture of a penis or something. Like the the best thing I can, I don't, wouldn't want that becoming public. A penis or. So like, I don't send (laughs) dick pics, but I write graphic things to Crofton in order for him to read it in the middle of a meeting so that he has to start laughing uncontrollably and have to make something up to explain it because the truth would be way too embarrassing to explain.
1: So Crofton, have you ever had to explain away a a laughing fit in the middle of a meeting because Bo has sent you some questionable things?
0: Here's, here's, first off, uh, Bo the fact that he could not even tell you what he sent me. Yeah. Uh, like he was going to say it. He was going to say an example and then he couldn't do it because he <laughs> knew that if he said it, uh, it's not that he couldn't remember. He could remember. He knows some of the messages that he said, but he knows that if he says it and and like he said a lot of things on core, he's admitted to shitting in a lake <laughs> on in core. <laughs> but but like he still does not want to reveal the content of those messages so that should tell you the level of depravity contained within those messages so here's the thing is as much as i'd love to say i just fall into giggles as soon as i see these messages in the middle of meetings and it, and it compromises the meeting that's what his head cannon is obviously i am actually pretty disciplined when i'm in a meeting Uh, Not to be checking messages on my phone. Often my meetings are on computer screens now anyway. And it's like even the Teams messages, that's the application Microsoft Teams that we use. I try to, I try to, you know, give my full attention to the meeting and what's going on. So even, now, do I appreciate and laugh at those messages afterwards? Yes. But he has yet to get me in a meeting where I see it pop up and I'm like, ha ha I don't have Slack, which is what we used to communicate, installed on my work PC. It's on my phone. So I would have to actively look at my phone. So sorry, Bo, if you're listening to this, which you're not, I have never been caught by one of your gross, disgusting messages.
1: Well, there you go. A shame, but the truth. There it is. Uh, this one uh, was in regards to something John was playing. So John's starting to get in on the fun, I think. So Bo likes to bring up Crofton a lot, and and Scott, we've seen Scott over the last year. I realize we've been doing this small segment uh, for the, about a year now. Scott started to get in on the fun, but now John's doing it. Crofton, it's starting to like it, the 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 making fun of Crofton is starting to become infectious. So so listen to this.
0: Oh, we at OCP feel this way about it. And I was like, the hell voice was that? He sounds Canadian.
2: Yeah.
0: What's, go- what's going on? Yeah. They, I don't know if that actor's still alive,
2: but they did not get a sound alike. I'll tell you that much. They got, I didn't know Crofton was doing voice work, but he jumped in there. <laughs> Suddenly he's doing the voice of the old man from RoboCop.
1: That's great uh so we want to clear this up crofton you are not voicing any characters in
0: i'm in not i as if john's doing drive-bys on me now <laughs> uh, I, i'm not it's not me i didn't know voice for no game i wouldn't say no though uh contact my agent but uh but that's <laughs> oh, that's gotta be oh my goodness if i had if i had known if i had known Uh, I have nothing on that Ryan other than to say that they are getting too comfortable. And this, this, you know, I don't, I don't know that this can stand.
1: I know. I, I mean, and those are the positive ones I've got, I've got two more. And I feel like, yeah, I know it keeps going. Uh, this one is, uh, Crofton. Um, I guess you were accused of cheating at a card game. We talked about this, uh, outside i think when we were recording gamers in but i think the card game was like what is it rubik's or uh, rogue it's it's like a there's it's uni- root ryan it's root, root. i knew a it game was.
0: of woodland might and right come on
1: okay i've never heard of it but um i know that you cheat so i guess told I
0: you about it on this show Did you have really? definitely heard of no it? yes
1: yes i'm gonna have to look into that because i Ugh. Do not remember, yeah. so maybe I'm getting in on it. Uh, well, listen to this.
2: But man, the game is so frustrating. Mm. And we also found out Crofton cheated like four times. But oh, of course,
1: mean, that's not yeah. a surprise. But <laughs> like, he's like, he runs so much. I
2: feel like you should assume he. Yeah, you start he started. with played, that. He, he played Woodland Alliance so many times, and he won so many times. And then I got to play them, and then I was like realizing he read something wrong, and he's <laughs> like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, I didn't know." Oh, Crofton, is there anything you wouldn't do, or no? I don't know what I'm trying to say about him. Oh, and- he plays ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, oh! The funny so, thing about all of this
1: is that that clip specifically feels like they found out we we are doing this segment and now they're trolling. <laughs> Does that not feel like what's happening right now?
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> um. So, a couple of things. Okay, Number one, Bo is always has always had an axe to grind with the game root and the reason, I think, is because Bo likes to be the rules master. He likes to understand all the rules. But Root, each of the factions has a whole different set of win conditions. So unless you play the game at least four times with the four separate factions, you cannot really understand the full game of Root. So, um, and then that's, you know, like, that's assuming you get all the nuances regarding each faction that first time. It's really... There's, there's a, a tough learning curve in that regard, but then once you get it, it's so satisfying. Like everybody's trying to do different things that each turn for each faction plays differently. Um, and so I won a lot of the games and so did... Uh, Mike and other everybody except Bo. essentially Bo would lose all the time and complain about this game, this game, the rules are not clear. Everything is bad. He would complain about it. And then next time he'd be like, want to play root? Um, and so he has, so he has like this love hate relationship with it it's my game by the way i bought it and introduced them to it so so he's got like bo cuz bo didn't bring it too he's got this 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 hate on for it but he also wants to win but then what happens is cuz like and i will admit this ryan i will admit this bo is better at board games he he you know He's better at understanding rules and stuff like that than the rest of us. So what always happens is that, remember, there's four factions. They all play differently. When Bo plays a faction, he will figure it all out. And what happens is he'll often end up playing a faction that we've played previously and realize that we played it wrong when we played it. He'd be like, hey, wait a minute. You can you kept doing this unlimited times. You can only do it once a turn. And I'd be like, oh, oh really? Uh, where does it say that? And he's like, right here. It's like... Once a turn, I was like, Oh, yeah, I, I I guess I missed that. He's like, You won that game. You won that game because you were not paying attention. And I was like, Well, I guess so, but I wasn't cheating, I just won based on lucky ignorance, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I know um I know core is uh, currently in their literal heading into their fourth hour. That's not even, that's not even a joke. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I, I'm sure they're, they've mentioned you, they brought something up. Um, I have, I have one more clip and I'll admit this one's long, so we're going to break it up, but it is, uh, it is golden and it has to do with the fact that Crofton is playing Baldur's Gate three with bow and Crofton, uh, likes to click on stuff. So here we go.
2: Crofton he's a rogue but we laugh about how bad he is at being rogue like he's like let me sneak in and he immediately talks to the first thing by accident <laughs> like Crofton steers the yeah. greatest rogue in all the land <laughs> and um in this fight he's like he tried to you know the 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 it's the near fight at the in the grim Hmm. Oh, where you try yeah. to save the the iron no the the gray gnomes or the yeah. whatever they called, and um, he for some reason jumps across the lava into a place he thinks he's protected, but he also can't attack anybody, and then he gets nailed with an entangle and is rooted in the most useless place in the fight and does nothing <laughs> every turn, <laughs> it's like, it's like the best rogue in the universe continues his streak. Yeah. So he's like, I've got this jar, maybe I should throw it, and we're Pause kind of the on clip. the back foot and losing. Pause right. it. Pause it. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. A couple of things. Yeah. Uh, so first off, you can insult me. You can insult my family. You can insult even Spider-Man. And, you know, I'll let it slide. I'm I'm a I'm a tough guy. You know, I like, I'll let these things slide. But when you insult my ability to play a rogue. I mean, that is below the belt. I have been doing this since before my children are born. And I will have you know, I am a goddamn good rogue 99% of the time. <laughs> uh, and so when I hear this stuff, and I like to tell you, Ryan, this is not the first time. They, they're Normally, you spot these these clips and, and you bring them to my attention. And I say to myself, geez, gadzooks, I say. This is this is this is an interesting thing they're saying about me let me provide my commentary but I don't know if I felt a disturbance in the force on this one somebody said I was a bad rogue and I felt it in my bones and I had to find this clip and I found it myself and it drove me so insane that I said you know this will not stand so I have Ryan sent a voice message to the core podcast telling them, you know, they're talking about me cheating at games. They're saying I'm a bad rogue. I've told them to cease and desist. I'm like cuz cuz we have beef now. Yeah. You know, all is all this fun and games until you insult my ability to be a rogue. And for context, Ryan, you know, I think there's a little bit more here. Like I I have played games with Scott and John before. I definitely did pick Scott's pocket. <laughs> It, when we played Divinity Original Sin. The one I stole time
1: his... you played with him, by the way, uh, I don't think he played uh, with you again after that. No, he did not. Whatever.
0: <laughs> you know, he's a busy guy. I didn't yeah, take it oh, personally, no, but now I realize that maybe there was beef, maybe yeah. there was beef. And maybe they launched this whole podcast for like the express purpose of driving me insane. The fact that John is in on it too. Now it makes me, it makes me realize like, this is a cabal that needs to be stopped. Um, well, and so, I,
1: I think everybody should listen to uh, Core this week, as well as our, you know, listen to it. Well, likely it'll be out before you listen to this. But if you're not, if you haven't listened to Core yet, Core 392, which is probably going to be the next one, uh, I, I imagine... Stop Profton promoting
0: their goddamn show. They should, should be listen promoting- to your voicemail. I mean, I'm trying to get... It's not, can you play the clip? Well, I don't know. I don't okay. know that they, 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 they will play... I don't know that they will play my voicemail. If I got a voicemail like this from somebody that had beef, I'm not sure I would play it on my show. They, That's all I'm, I'm saying.
1: They'll, they'll, I'm pretty sure they'll play it. Scott S- Scott will play it. Stir yeah, stirred the pot. You know, this is this is the kind of beef that is is not going to inspire like Wikipedia articles or anything. This is this is the kind of beef that is only good for for everyone. Mostly bad for Crofton because he is uh, like, look, if it turns to like Ryan's the worst at. You know, playing clips like you know, fair. That's fair game because it's it's it is true. But like, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to take that heat. So,
0: I I hope you don't catch a stray in this, Ryan.
1: I don't think I will. I'm too nice, so it's probably fine. So it's probably fine. It's basically basically that. Um, yeah, I think the clip keeps going, but I don't want to subject uh, Croft anymore. No, I think I think it goes I a bit see, further.
0: I I cut it. Yeah. Done.
1: Anyways, I think that is the biggest Crofton side of Core we've ever played. I'm sure there will be more from uh for our next episode when, when Core has um extended its runtime to five hours so that they can talk about Crofton even more. And maybe even us playing clips. Like I I don't know if uh y- you did get a promo in there, right, when you were like tearing them a new one? Promo? Like for our podcast, like when you were like recording and saying like, oh, this is beef and make sure you subscribe to Dungeons and Diapers.
0: Oh, I, I just said like, I've had to dedicate an entire section of my award winning, critically acclaimed podcast, Dungeons and Diapers, to this, to <laughs> refuting their defamation. Yeah. Like it's an issue.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, tune in on our next episode for more uh Crofton's side of core.
2: What about what's his um, name? Um uh, Crofton. Cro- Crofton, you've got something.
1: There you go. Uh you know, Crofton, I think this is our longest pre dungeons uh what's new section ever at the almost hour mark. But let's let's dive into some dungeons, right? All uh, right.
0: And for those who, who desperately want more dungeons, I was on the gamers in uh yes. this week. Uh, with Ryan and and talked a lot about uh, video games that I'm playing and that sort of stuff. So we can keep it pretty short, at least on my side here. Ryan, you know, he says he'll go short on his bits, but then he just he just goes. So maybe it's we true. should start with you, Ryan.
1: Yes, I will happily start. I, I teased this, uh, you know, 30 minutes ago, but uh, I have watched another MCU thing and it is not the Marvels. Uh, it is Loki season two. And, you know, I think folks at home can probably like, okay, Ryan's going to say the MCU is still great. And this is really good. And it's the best thing ever. He, he likes she Hulk and, and everything else that has come out since the, you know, Miss Marvel and, uh, 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 Falcon, and the winter soldier. And I like all the Disney plus stuff. I don't think there's any of the Marvel stuff I've kind of slept on. And it's mostly because it's easy to access, but Loki, uh, season two alongside Loki season one, I think proves still to be, the best of the Disney Plus MCU offering, and I and I think Crofton, you have watched season one, and you would agree with that, correct?
0: I, you know, it's tough, right? I watched it, the the only three I've watched. Loki was what I dropped off on. So, oh, I, I mean, thought you was, liked that one. No, I I liked it, but it was. I mean, it's the last one I watched. I didn't watch anything afterwards. Oh, so, I see. I see. I, I watched. Uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Wand uh, WandaVision and Loki. And part of me as time has gone on, is starting to skew towards WandaVision and what they were doing there is perhaps like maybe that, but but it is between that and Loki, the art design and everything they did. Um, the problem with Loki season one. It's just that it, it you know, it ends in a way that it's just uh, leading into this whole multiverse shenanigans that has kind of left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. So, I mean, maybe season two rectifies all that and no longer deals with multiverse or does something completely different and just keeps the nice look and feel of the TVA and and Owen Wilson's jovial agent Morbius and all that. But uh, But yeah, tell me about it. How was season two?
1: Well, you'll be happy to hear that it continues with the multiverse uh, shenanigans. It is almost, um, I would say, like even more into it. It's a direct continuation of Loki season one, even though, you know, uh, Kang the Conqueror shows up in Quantumania and um, uh, Victor Timely was part of a a, a post credit scene for Quantumania as well, leading back into Loki season two. But yes, it, it. So Loki season one was a show I watched with Ashley and it was a little more grounded. It was it was still dealing with the TVA, but it wasn't like quite getting into the weeds of what a multiverse could truly be. Uh, And then Ashley and I watched the first episode of season two. And it's like it's very much, you know, multiverse stuff is going down very complicated. There's there's also time travel uh, being thrown into the mix and not like. Not like the fun Doctor Who time travel, but like the. It, they call it time slipping where Loki is like slipping between time periods and and it's very random hard to follow type stuff and Ashley's like I'm out I I, I don't think I can do this um, but that being said like I continue to watch it and have very much enjoyed it in the sense that they are telling um, they're telling a story with Loki as the main character and it is still multiverse shenanigans but it's got this mystery to it that they're sort of Unraveling as it goes, but it's still very much like a like it's it's very based in the in the multiverse. You've got the TVA, you've got Miss Minutes, you've got, you know, um, Kang variants that are showing up. Uh, And I think if Loki season one was sort of felt like the intro to the multiverse, uh, season two is kind of like, well, hold my beer. This is the introduction to the real multiverse Saga. It it honestly feels weird because like we say, like, okay, this multiverse saga, it's been going for a few years now, but it's kind of like it's been it's been a slow burn, like almost too slow a burn to to sort of introduce it. Like the whole first phase and a half has been kind of multiverse dipping our toe in, but Loki season two, where it ends, is very much like a no, this is the multiverse saga now. Like it's it's happening. Like what you wanted from a multiverse story is now is now here. Like it's it's only going to get more weird and wacky and multiple universes and um, from here on out. Like I I think and there's a reason Deadpool 3 is premiering as the next project sort of uh, after the Marvels, because I think as as you can probably tell from Fox characters coming into the MCU, like that is very much a multiverse story and uh, will likely be a direct continuation of uh, Loki season two. Um, but like all the acting is phenomenal. Owen Wilson is amazing as Mobius. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is, is, is Loki of course is fantastic. Sylvie is awesome. Like all the, all the character, all the acting, all the, the writing is really good. Like they really, they really capture this one. They do, they do it justice. They get in and out in six episodes. Um, they bring back some characters, they introduce some new ones, but it's like, it's very much, they don't complicate it by trying to introduce a bunch of new characters. They have a couple that they throw in. It's very sciencey, very timey wimey. Like it's hard to follow. But I think once you, you're in a good position now, Crofton, because you can watch all six episodes and not have to like wait a week in between. Uh, that was likely the toughest part was, was waiting for the next episode. Cause it does have those cliffhangers, those, um, The you know those moments where it's like man if I could only watch the next five minutes of the next episode I could learn what the hell they're teasing or what the hell they're alluding to you know
0: I will say this about Loki season two I might watch it and that's that's I that's saying
1: something I mean I know I mean
0: I I mean at this point you know like I'm not gonna watch the Marvel series I have not seen. Dr Strange in the Multiverse of Madness I've not seen Black Panther 2 I've not seen Shang-Chi I've not seen Black Widow I've pretty much not seen any Marvel movie not any non Spider-Man movie since Endgame um and uh I you know like and honestly have not been drawn to any of them i was kind of drawn to the promo for thor love and thunder and then uh, and i really do actively want to see guardians of the galaxy 3 which is now on disney plus but i also haven't seen so i have i'm completely out of the M- mcu but i might watch loki season 2 because as ryan said i did like loki season 1 now the whole series is out and my wife and i are sort of in the rhythm right now of watching Shows and uh, we're you know we're we're near to needing a new show so I I you know I could absolutely see us see us watching it Ryan the shows we have been watching are Apple TV Plus shows and it is funny because like these subscription services there's the replace cable are we're supposed to be. I mean, you don't pay for them in perpetuity. You use them and then you turn them off. But we got into a situation with Netflix and Disney Plus, you know, especially as parents of young kids. The kid shows are on there. The kids' movies are on there. You just keep paying for them in perpetuity. You keep them on like you would keep TV on. Um, But, you know, that's not necessarily the way – To manage these things and Apple TV Plus, which has a super shallow library, like it does not have, it does not have like all these old shows like Friends or The Office or Seinfeld. It does not have like years and years of content developed itself. It has a few shows, you know, but it has a few pretty good shows. And so every so often we like to sign up for it for like a month. And then watch a bunch of stuff and then, you know, unsubscribe. And we're just finishing our month of Apple TV Plus, of which we will have watched the After Party Season 2, um, Shrinking, which you had recommended previously on this podcast.
1: Oh, it's that's such a good show. Such a good show.
0: And Ted Lasso Season 3, which we're in the process of nice. watching right now. The fact that we're, you know, we went with Ted Lasso 3rd and it used to be such a a mainstay goes to show like where our enthusiasm kind of was but i i'm still like we're committed to to you know seeing Ted Lasso through it's it's longer the third season is longer both in episode length but also in ep- amount of episodes than i had expected um and we're enjoying it so far like we were like i was like let's just let's start Ted Lasso watch the first episode and see how it is and it's still it's still good. Like it's still very good. It's, it uh, got up its own ass in season two. I remember there was a a coach beard episode where he's on a bender. And I remember like at this point, at that point being like, I think this show is not for me, but then it ended on a dramatic cliffhanger, um, which they followed up on. And it's very interesting. And I want to see what happens with certain characters. So I'm enjoying Ted Lasso season three, probably have more thoughts on it in a future episode. After party season two was great. Was not as good as the first one, and they've just announced that there will be no more, which is disappointing. I really do think that the show had possibilities to continue. Again, the model of the after party is there's a murder mystery, it's one of these cozy murder type things where it's like kind of it's comedy, it's all in fun, and then they're interviewing the suspects. Uh, and each suspect is providing their recollection in the form of a movie. Each episode is a different style. Could be a musical, could be a, a black and white noir, could be, you know, a David Fincher style, uh, you know, seven movie, you know, like it, they're always different. And it, it they even go further in season two than they did in season one. Season one, you know, it was more all this all the characters would kind of be dressed the same. It would just be like shot differently a little bit. Maybe that they would talk differently. But in season two, they've just gone whole hog. Like characters, if it if it's in nineteen twenties Maltese Falcon style noir, they're all wearing like zoot suits and whatever. they 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 have they they go full full you know commit holy uh and i would say that that probably is not a good thing it worked better in in season 1 but uh the mystery was still good i enjoyed i enjoyed guessing it, it was really really uh really funny went down really easy we enjoyed watching it it's an easy recommend uh there's some great cameos from the cast from season 2 cuz it's pretty much almost an entirely new cast so that was good but as ryan kind of alluded to the star of those, the three for us so far has been shrinking, which when Ryan was talking about it, I was like, is this going to be a depressing show, Ryan? Like, it's just going to make me feel like shit because I really, it's a show about, it's heavily marketed as being about grief about a guy who lost his wife, uh, played by Jason Siegel who has sad face or as he calls it face. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and working with, uh, he's is a, a shrink, a psychiatrist, working with Harrison Ford, who is a crusty version of Harrison Ford. Um, and so Harrison uh, Ford, basically, yeah, is what you're saying, basically Harrison yeah. Ford in his purest form. Um, and uh, Jessica Williams, who's on the Daily Show, who I really enjoy. A lot of great cast members, but it is Ryan, you know, and I think you were tr- you were saying this. To me, it, d- it does deal with these strong emotions, but it is inherently a comedy. Um, it's it's a comedy, and it becomes as it goes on more of a hangout sitcom, like these characters. You know, there's an A plot, B plot. It it it's in the same way of the Mike Sure shows that I like so much, like The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Parks and Rec. There is there is an element of those types of shows. It's made by the team that made Ted Lasso and Scrubs. Built. Uh, Bill, is it Waterson? Uh I, I'm Bill Lawrence. Forgetting. Bill Lawrence, thank you. Yeah, Bill Lawrence uh and Roy from Ted Lasso, uh Brett Brett Goldstein, Goldstein yeah. uh and Jason Siegel himself. They're the three creators of the show. Um, you know, I would notice all sorts of stuff like one episode was directed by Zach Braff who is JD in scrubs you know like it's it's like there's a lot of the one of the main characters is played by Dr. Cox's uh wife in scrubs you know there's a lot of scrubs and <laughs> en- energy um there's a lot of uh Ted Lasso sort of energy about like you know grabbing life by the horns type deal uh, and it's just goddamn funny uh, it's lots of f bombs lots of swears um, but, but yeah, it's a funny show. Good show does deal, does deal with grief. Um, but in a way that is like not cloying or depressing or whatever, uh, it's about somebody coming back to life and the com- the comedy that is built into that. So anyway, I got to say, Ryan, I really, really liked shrinking. It seems like it's set up for a season two. I do think it is one of those shows that like I don't want to like you know Ted Lasso was the same season one was really good it's like what's going to be next after Party One mm-hmm. was really good what's going to be next shrinking it's the same deal I have that feeling of like you know season two could be after you know could be a, a step a down or like more of the same or whatever I'd be very curious but they've clearly provided context and the story reason for Harrison Ford to not be in the next season if he cho- so chooses to not participate uh which I could see because he is old <laughs> and picky yes. and all of that sort of stuff so if if they you know they could continue the show without him easily although if he left it would be a huge loss right like in yeah. terms of the quality of the show but anyway really good shrinking shrinking is great. If I was look, if I was rating them real fast, I give after party season two a seven shrinking, uh, a nine and uh, Ted Lasso season three a seven right now, but it okay. could, that could, that could change. Heading I to think, a finale.
1: I think Ted Lasso season three sticks to landing, but I, when I like something, I, I tend to be overly positive. So, uh, so that's fine. Now in terms of Apple TV plus, like, um, we're actually looking to resubscribe uh, soon because uh, the, the, so the monster verse Godzilla and all that, uh, they have a, they have a, a Godzilla show coming out based on Monarch, which is the organization that sort of tracks and follows and protects humanity from all these monster monsters. Uh, is that one going to be one you check out? It's got the Russells, it's got Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell playing the same person, but across different time periods. it, it it looks like it looks like uh, those monster films, but like that budget, but it's a TV show. Um, and I guess it's getting pretty good reviews, too. So is that something you'll check out?
0: Like, I, I'd i say no. And the reason the you know, I've been listening, people seem to be really into Godzilla. Like there's like these people that are like Godzilla files or into them. The, and I have not seen any of the, the new series of these movies like the um the you know the ones with brian cranston and others like the new godzillas and the new like that the, my understanding is we're done like no offense to your personal fave matthew broderick's godzilla there but like i my <laughs> understanding is these new newer ones are like better done and 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 well crafted and i guess i just i just like You know, I've never had a huge interest because I've never seen a good one of these. But I definitely like watching a TV show anchored around this universe would only be like if I was, you know, day one Kong Skull Island aficionado, then, yeah, I I would be up for this. But otherwise, it's like I'm not in it'd be like I've never watched any MCU stuff. And then I start with Loki, you know, like it would just be odd not having true. You know, like it would just be an odd place to start. So for me, there's zero, zero temptation for that. But I appreciate that it's there for people because I know there is an audience of people that are like love this stuff. And you've talked about Caden being big time into Godzilla, I think.
1: Yeah, we um, we plan to. So I Caden's I, he loves the Godzilla films. He actually watched uh, one. The, the he actually watched them at my parents with my with my brother and he was he was really into it and i said well as long as it doesn't give him nightmares cuz they're not they're not terribly gruesome we're not talking Jurassic Park we're talking like it, you know stuff happens people die on screen but it's not it's not over exaggerated it's not gruesome uh you know it's mainly monsters crushing cities but that can be that, that obviously can can cause some some issues in terms of the you know nightmares and stuff so i I said to him like well as long as you're not having nightmares like those movies aren't like you know the the matthew broderick one is comical at best uh and bad it's very bad but um he really enjoyed it so i said to him like okay like this show is gonna come out every friday maybe friday after school we'll have you know a quick dinner and then while izzy's having a bath me abby and Caden will watch the show so we're going to make a bit of a routine out of it. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to chance it and, and watch it for the first time with him and we'll see how the first episode goes. But but likely once we watch the first episode, I won't be able to put, you know, the genie back in the bottle, so to speak. Yeah, I'll, we'll just have to watch all of it. And <laughs> I, I I hear that uh, I hear it's very good. It looks very good. It looks like those movies, but extended into a television series. And I like the mystery uh, of Monarch, those those films kind of do go a bit off the rails with the newer ones. You know, Godzilla versus King Kong uh, obviously has like a lot going on in the film. Um, but Caden loves those movies. So uh, uh, and a great cover of uh, Godzilla um, by uh, the lead singer of um, System of a Down, the you know the Go Go Godzilla song by the Blue 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 Oyster Cult. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a great cover. Caden loves it. Play it all the time. So there you go. He loves Godzilla.
0: So there's no, like this show is not going to have like swears and stuff in it or like sexy times or like,
1: I honestly don't know. I, you know what I might have to do is not have to, but should do. That's a really good point is (laughs) I'll have to check the, uh, IMDB parent guide for it and just see if like swearing is, uh, Like if it's excessive, like, of course, I'll be like, yeah, we're not watching this. But I those movies don't have as far as I know, they're not it's not excessive. Like the fact that it's not coming to mind, I'm pretty sure they're quote unquote clean in terms of language uh, or as you put it, sexy time. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'll have to look into that. That's a really good point.
0: You're like I, I like how you're like, I've already planned it, Crofton. It's movie night.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're you're ruining it. Like, he's seen all the movies. Why would the TV show on Apple TV Plus be like dirty for some reason? I don't know.
0: Because it's it, not dirty, but like it's like it's like it's gonna have uh, a long TV drawn out storyline sure. where there's sure. gonna be characters, right, that are gonna be like um, you know, you don't hire Kurt Russell's son and Kurt Russell if they're not going to be doing it, you know. Like, what? I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that that's a lot of. Look, I'm, I'm looking uh, it
1: up right now. Let's see. Let's see. Like, look. Let's do this live. Right. Read, Uh We've got
0: read, read me the esdb on uh, your on your thing. See. Why see can't I said. click on
1: this and have it go to the right thing? Loading it'll be, a list. It'll
0: be great. I. I I was reading like cuz my buddy Mike was talking about uh playing Baldur's Gate 3 with his son and um cuz you know the beginning kind of starts out despite the disgusting opening scene it's like you know there's D&D stuff you know role playing you're rolling dice you're you're choosing stuff and uh it's easy to forget how disgusting and dark it gets and i just i pulled up the the write up for it and i was reading it and i was laughing out loud because it's like you know scenes with viscera laid out across the ground and you know like it was it was just when you read it out loud you're like yeah and it was like 18 plus or something you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, so IMDb does not have uh their parent guide up. I'm trying to uh see what the rating is like and this is something I was talking about earlier. It's very tough to find like just the rating for something, like whether it's PG. PG-13 is usually that one. There might be like the one F-bomb, but like the kids are old enough that they know like not to repeat it, you know? Like uh they're not that sheltered that they wouldn't have heard it somewhere like they they are in school like let's be honest those words are being thrown around on the playground if you think they're not like you know <laughs>
0: like no i i don't know at nine, at nine i kind of hope that they're not dropping f-bombs in the playground maybe i'm naive uh, but
1: uh, I, I, I mean like I it's know. not i don't think it's to a point where i, I don't think it's a point where it's like beavis and butthead you know Kind of stuff like going on, like in terms of dropping swear words and stuff, but like, uh, you know, the chances like if the school year is long and the recesses are many, and there are many kids on that playground. Look, it's happening, you know. <laughs> it's I like
0: how you, I, I like how for profane language you went with Beavis and Butthead. Is that not i like, I've
1: never seen it. Is uh, it not like I, they're, they're <laughs> I said not, it, I, they're, I immediately regretted huh, it.
0: Huh, 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 huh. Budhead, <laughs> yeah okay but, so yeah. he
1: doesn't say they don't say the f-bomb but well the south park it's like it's not like yeah. it's south park that's the better one i but. can't for the life of me find the rating on this I, i'm getting it's not every... like
0: it's not like spongebob SquarePants out there you know like it's not i I haven't seen it but i just assume they're profane under the sea um but... yeah
1: that's sentence enhancers is the one so anyways i don't know i can't find the parental rating i'm sure it's well uh, i'm glad if
0: if I don't mess with your mind at least once an episode, I feel like I haven't done my job. So I'm I'm glad that I've I've at least put the, you know, the fear of God in you. That's I that's, can't walk
1: it back. Like you don't understand. Like I cannot walk this back. If I try to say, Oh, we can't watch it, it's like, well, you know, I know what he'll say. He's like, but I've watched watched all the movies, you know, yeah. even the bad well, ones, you know? Like I'm well, like, why yeah, can't
0: you? I why can't I watch this one? Yeah, no, for sure uh I, I i hear you i hear you um 14 the, the plus
1: only- so there you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not too bad <laughs> it's not too bad uh look sure. it's not rated r that would be the thing if i saw that i'd be like oh crap i'm i'm, I'm
0: it's pg-13 um, I'm. baby that's PG-13 cool 13
1: wouldn't be too bad is that no, well, if of- it's
0: that's that's essentially what it is if it's 14 plus it's TG, it's pg13 which is like i mean most of pg13 was literally created in the 80s ryan because of indiana jones and the temple of doom uh because kids, you know like there were these movies that were in the eighties were special for this where there would be a movie. It was like 95% fine. And then there would be like a scene in it that was just absolutely no good, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and uh, they're like, well, what do we do with this? And so they, they, they came up with the PG uh, 13 and a lot of like the movies that we, you know, ended up watching. And it's funny because I don't even know how to get my kids on when to bring my kids on board. To these movies, like like the original Goonies, I like the Goonies. I was watching it the other day and it starts with like, fuck off. You know, like it's like it's, it's these kids swearing at each other. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't really show this to them yet. Like as soon as I started watching it, I'm like, this is not, you know, it's not – like in and, and maybe I'm sheltering my kids too much, but again, Clara's five and yeah, no, 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 no. we're gonna we're gonna watch trolls three this weekend. We're not watching the Godzilla show uh uh
1: swearing you know, just, might be a good topic, I think, like uh <laughs> like fuck, yeah, it is in terms of um you know we have parental control we have we have that on our list, but I think in terms of like obviously we don't swear in front of the kids, but like obviously the odd shit makes it out. I I remember when Kane was born, instead of saying, you know, dropping an F-bomb, I'd say fridge, you know? So now sometimes I, instead of swearing, I'll say fridge. And the kids are like, why are you saying fridge? And it's like, well, let's, let's move on. So it's, I think like, uh, but again, like they've, you know, they hear those words out there, like once they're out in school and stuff. And But by no means am I saying like, yep, let's just uh, watch all the, all the swearing shows let's watch Deadpool one and two marathon, you know, like you have to be sensible about it. Your kids have to understand like when they do hear it, not to repeat it. Um, Like just, yeah, like, you know, we can have conversations about it. We can, you can talk to us about it as parents. Like I'm open to that. Like I heard this word on the playground. Can we talk about it? Um, You know, and uh, I heard Crofton talk, say this word on a podcast. Can we talk about it? Uh, like, I think that's that's totally fine. But, uh, you know, um, as I said to the kids, you know,
0: I spelt out shit at the table the other day. I was like, the S.H.I.T. is going to hit the fan. And Gwen's like, you know, I can spell now. Right. And uh, <laughs> I, I was like, what did I just say? She's like, I'm not going to say it. It's a bad word. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, all right, fair enough. I can't even because I used to spell my way out of the words, you know. Uh, Which was always a pain when I stubbed my toe, you know. I'm like, ah, F U C K, mother, F U C K E R, you know, like it's really just, uh, (laughs) was difficult. It's a lot of
1: effort, but it probably made the pain go away because you were both more focused on learning how to spell, or not learning, but (laughs) focusing on spelling the word. It's true. It's true.
0: Uh, or, all right, well, Ryan, uh, you know, m- being mindful of time management. Let's go into the topic of the week. Speaking of topics, so uh, let's let's go into the diapers section and change some diapers. Uh, that what is our topic?
1: It's making friends as adults. That's our topic for the. For oh, tonight. Jim, That
0: came that came up in the Discord. I think at yes, one it point, did. It did. Which you can join yeah. as well. At uh, how did they do that? They go to. Discord? You go to
1: bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You pop that in your browser. It'll load up a Discord invite to the Gamers in Discord. And then uh you can join some fun conversations in the Dungeons and Diapers text channel. And there's plenty of other stuff there too. Video games, other media, which contains other media as established uh on the gamers in this week when I was <laughs> telling Cropton about the other media channel. Uh it's kind of a catch-all for uh other media so but you can you,
0: talk about other media and the dungeons and diapers channel as well sure. which is the best channel
1: it's like a second general chat but allows uh not allows but uh welcomes uh like uh like a parenting angle to it there they you sometimes it, or that or a crofton angle it is kind of like really a containment field for crofton within the, the gamers in discord sometimes he escapes but you know we we reel him back in and it gets quiet sometimes it it can be quiet, but that's fine. Quiet's good. Quiet. Sometimes you need quiet. You know. <sighs> um. Yeah. Making friends as adults is our job.
0: <laughs> yes. So it was brought up. It was brought up in the Discord, and this is like we had the talking to parents stuff, and just putting some guardrails on this and talking about it. I think we all kind of know what we're talking about, but when you're in school you're going Mm -hmm. up through your school process you're you're surrounded by these people and then they become your friends and maybe they'll be your lifelong friends or maybe not but the bottom line is there's a there's a system for that and then you get a you get a career going and at you you might make friends at work and um uh you know uh you might stay in that same place for a long time people might come in and come out but as you're getting older i find at least that it is just, you're going to make less and less new friends. And it just feels like your life gets more full because you're married, you have children, you're taking them to brownies or girl guides or whatever, or you're, you know, hockey or, you know, like you, their activities are filling up your day. Then you can barely see your existing friends um, that, that, you know, you might have been friends with for a really long time so to even have that time that capacity to make new friends you don't it's tough you don't really and and you look for it but then beyond that you're more guarded because like i don't know about you ryan but like when i was a kid it's like i'm in math class with you you're in math class with me let's be friends do you like spider-man i also like spider-man you know it was really like not rocket science you were you were in a class and there were some kids you got on more with than others. And like, as you get older, you have friends that you've been through thick and thin with. And those friends, you, if you met them today, who knows if you would even be friends, you might not, they might start defaming you on their podcast and you have to write them an angry letter, you know, like you never know things change, but bottom line is you're pickier when it comes to new, new friends. Most people are, they're like, they're more guarded, they're meeting someone, they're like, am I looking to have a new friend now and stuff. So I think, and then, then if you're on the other side of that, you're actively looking for new friends, knowing that so many people are busy and guarded, it makes it more difficult for you to, to, to find those, those new friends. And again, I'm speaking from a point of view of somebody who is not out there actively looking that has a, a a family and is, is generally um i i would imagine if you were a single person you there's a lot just the fact that you're an adult doesn't change the fact that if you're open to meeting friends there's probably many many ways to do it probably like you know joining joining clubs or finding activities in your area joining intramural sports leagues but these are not things that i would necessarily think to do because i just don't i don't have the time
1: yeah yeah no that that all makes sense i think that when you Even when you shift from school to sort of joining the workforce full time, uh, like there is that there is that shift because what you have in common is, is your work, right? Like it always kind of boils down to that. Look, I I, I'll say this, like I, I am friends with people at work, but um, we don't often like socialize outside of work, but we get along like at work. So I guess like your friends, but it's like work friends. I don't know. I, I you hate to put qualifiers on it, but like yeah, you're making friends at work. No, you're no, being friendly. You, you, you know, you're right. You're
0: right to put qualifiers. I have the same thing with neighbors too, right?
1: Sure. Are neighbor friends? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're friendly, but not necessarily friends. There's a difference, right? You're not. Are Are you sending them texts? Are you like, what are you doing this weekend? Let's meet up. Whatever. No. You know, I don't. If you change jobs, are you still in touch with them regularly? No. You know, and, and people it like, you know, Facebook is desensitized to the word friends. Like oh, I'm friends on Facebook. I, we're friends. Well, no. Are, are you friends? Like, because I for me, it's it's more than like, like I have a lot of people that I'm friendly with. And, um, you know, I would also say that as adults, we have longer memories. So I cannot see someone for a few years and I can still say that person is my friend. Yeah. You know, like that, that's. That's true as true as well. So I'm not dismissing all work people um, as friends, but like there's some sometimes it's I would need to be in a situation where I'm seeing them regularly because like our lives are so different and our interests are so different that really we're never going to cross paths in the real world. Um, It's really at work that we click and things work and we, we chat over coffee and it's like, oh, man. You know and that's it that's a value that's a, that's a value as well it's just not that same friendship i guess
1: yeah but but that being said like there are folks that you know friendly with at work that if they said like hey you know we should have a, a barbecue or something or you know get together and like i think i'd be totally that'd be totally fine like that'd be the you know we have uh you know there are families uh there are people at work who have families and we've been talking about, oh, we should get together and go to the park and the kids can play. Like, that's totally cool. Like, that's fine. But, uh, but yeah, like, I think that you're right. Like, I do have folks that I was, uh, that I am friends with at work and they've, they've moved on to other careers and stuff. And you certainly see them less. You talk to them less. Um, so yeah, like, I, I do see that, but you're absolutely, uh <laughs> uh you know everyone at home can't see this but uh i i'm gonna play this for uh uh crofton that's sarcasm i'm pretty sure it's sarcasm you talk a lot lot that is sarcasm it is sarcasm there you go that one's for (laughs) you
0: for context, I put a message in our chat because I didn't want to out Ryan's name Ryan's <laughs> colleagues. But I know a bit about Ryan's life. And when, sure. he was like, when he was like, I'm open to having people over, I sent him a little message saying like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'll let so-and-so know because I know there's somebody. Now I need to edit ears. all that
1: out so that they don't listen to it and, and invite themselves over for barbecue. I don't uh, think you have to worry about that. I don't think I do either. We only have five listeners and I th- I'm pretty sure they're accounted for uh but yeah i think um but you're absolutely right like f- i have friends that i made in you know college and university that that i would consider to be friends that uh, will be friends for the rest of my life and and you know you don't see them for yeah years some all of them now have have kids uh and i remember i went to a wedding last summer it was me and izzy we talked about it on this podcast and I, I I got to meet up with all of those friends again. And it had been years since I've seen them. But it like it honestly just was like we had just spoke last week, you know, and we have these, um, you know, we have our group chat and WhatsApp. We have Discord. So we're constantly like connected. Right. But we might not be doing what we may, might have done in college university of like, you know, game board nights and and in movie nights. We've kind of spread all out all over the province. We all live you know, in separate areas. But, um, in terms of like making friends as adults, like this is going to sound cheesy and I don't put a qualifier on this at all, but like most of the friends I've made that I've, that I would consider friends is like through podcasting. Um, yeah, well just, you know, even yourself cropped in, like, Look, it, we don't need to get super cheesy, but I consider you a friend. We've met in real life. We've had pizza together. We do a podcast every two weeks. Like, I think that it's still possible to make friends. It's just, like, you're fitting them in differently into your schedule. Like, I'm not going up to Ottawa every every two weeks so that we can hang out. But, like, we're podcasting. We're talking about – constantly talking about how you're going to buy a PS5. Glad that's over. Uh, but – I've met I've made a lot of friends through uh, podcasting over the last 10 years, which would kind of fall in line with post-university, entering the workforce. Like that's where I've kind of shifted is more to like, you know, making friends through the online communities and stuff.
0: Yeah. And I would say, I would say to that first, that's really nice, Ryan. And it makes me feel so much worse that I hate you so much, but, um, but <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah. Nice strike <laughs>
0: nice nice use of the Gwen button yeah um but uh, but I will I will say that what you raised there it I think is interesting in it in that I use this when talking about dating uh often because there's a a sort of like um a uh I don't want to say uh you know when people say like oh where did you where did you two meet and they're like oh we met on e-harmony or we met online or whatever. And they, they, they're saying it like in, um, uh, like not apologetic, embarrassed way, you know, like Like it's it's
1: a qualifier, right? Like it's, uh, but you're right. Like kind of embarrassed, like, uh, but
0: they're, they're saying it that way because, uh, they're saying it that way because they, they are embarrassed about it in some way, shape or form. And I don't think they should be. And I'll, I'll tell you why. And it's the same for making friends, um, and I told this to s- some of my friends who I'm not sure if you've ever had that single friend that wants to go out to the bar and is like, hey, you, you want to come out to the, the club with me or the bar with me? I, I, I'm i looking to meet girls and you're like, you never go out to the bar. Like you tell them straight up, you're like, but you never go out to the bar or the club. And he's like, yeah, but I'm going out tonight. And I'm like, yeah, but you never do that normally. Like, yeah, but I'm looking to meet girls and I'd be like, yes, but the girls that you're going to meet at the, at the bar are girls that go to the bar and it's the same. You, you meet somebody at the club. It's somebody who goes to the club and yes, yes, there is the off the wall chance that you also happen to meet someone that hates the bar at the bar, right? Like you hate the bar, you're going to meet girls because you're lonely and want to meet someone, but because the bar is the place you thought you were supposed to go to do that. And yes, maybe you meet a girl who's like, I also hate the bar. Let's bond over our shared hatred of the bar. But the one thing that you have in common that from the moment that you meet that person is that you met in the bar that you're both in the bar for a reason. You're both in the club for a reason. And so for me, when somebody is saying, Hey, Hey, we met on eHarmony, or we met on line. I'm always like, that's really nice because that means both of you have that in common. You're both out actively looking for love and trying to match uh, at the same time. And you were matched at the same time. So it was the right time for both of you in both your lives to get together and, and, and this, this, Online presence enabled that, and I do think it's the same when it comes to making friends. It's like if you're doing something that you don't like to do or you're like, oh, I I need more friends, so I'm going to go join a bowling league, but I fucking hate bowling. I'm like, well, (laughs) you're going to meet some people that also – love that love bowling most likely they'll love the,
1: bowling i would guess yeah, that would be my guess I, yeah. that
0: that's it and so why are you joining it so like the idea is like and this is that you know for you you foster the podcast community which is amazing through the gamers end and stuff and like i think finding those p- finding your people for lack of a better term um is is more like you have more options than ever before, and yes, some of those options are online. I think, and uh, you know, as much as I would love to say, like only and meet people in person, and like that's you know the ideal. I do think that there's obviously tremendous value in that. That's you know, but I think finding the, those people that have those commonalities with you, that enjoy the same things that you do, that that are engaged in the same material as you that want to talk about the same things that want that, that are maybe encountering the same struggles at the same time in their lives. I mean, that's where, you know, you're going to be more likely to make a friendship as an adult. That's, that's, sort of a long-winded way of saying like find these places where you have that that connective tissue and i think it's why these podcast communities on discord which i'm starting to learn more and more about like i see the core one as well i see other ones like alex obisu has got a big one there uh, or a big group the Gamer in community It's 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 great to see these folks because they're all like i'm like oh wow they're making these connections in these, you know, in these groups, uh, with people that have stuff in common. So when we create the gamers in, in the gamers in discord to be like, Hey, let's have a, a sub chat of dungeons and diapers. It's like, well, now we, the people that are, that are dealing with parenting shit, like they have a spot, like, you know, maybe they can go, they can go there. They want to talk about that stuff and, and make even more connections. Right. So I, I do totally appreciate what you're saying there about, about the digital space.
1: Yeah. And and I mean, like, we talked a lot about qualifiers, like, you know, uh, and I think that, um, you know, online friends is one that that comes up a lot. And I find that, like, you know, I'm never embarrassed, you know, when I talk about my various friend groups, but it is usually depending on who you're talking to about them that the person you're talking to kind of like, well, those are your online friends. And I, and I, I've had, I've had that come up a couple times, you know, talking to, um, my in-laws about, you know, friends that I've, that I've made online, uh, through the podcast, but to their credit, they've always come around. And I, two examples of that. One was like, uh, at my wedding, uh, we had, so Jocelyn came down, she was living in Nova Scotia at the time. She came down with her mom and we had a great time and, you know, introduced them to my in-laws and my parents as well. And like, you know, that really changed their perspective on the whole thing. Cause again, their generation, like they didn't grow up with the internet. They use it for work, but they kind of keep it at arm's length. Right. Uh, And then the second example was a few years later, we were, we were going to um, uh, Boston, New Hampshire for, uh, a wedding on ashley side of the family and and i i clued in like oh my two co-hosts from zombies ate my podcast i don't know if you do it i knew this i do a zombie podcast uh they live in the area of, of that of that location and i thought you know what it'd be great we have some free time maybe they'll come into boston they can take the train in from where they live and we'll all meet we'll all go to a restaurant and it was that same conversation of like yeah i'm gonna meet my friends we're here we drove 16 hours to boston like let's let's have them take a you know a two-hour train ride and we'll just meet in town and go to a restaurant and then, you know, it, and I thought the conversation would go like, Oh, your online friends like, no, like these are my friends. We're going to meet for dinner and everyone had a lovely time. Like it was, it was awesome. So again, like making friends as adults, it was kind of weird going to this topic. Like, yes, it's time constrained because we're all much more busy, but really like we're constantly making new friends through our communities, uh, whether they be online or, or in real life, like, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've, and I've met a lot of folks in real life through the podcast communities. Like I've met, I've met a lot of like, uh, folks at Nurtacular. I've been to two Nerdaculars. Ashley and I have both been to, uh, to two Nerdaculars, which is the Scott Johnson sort of live event that he would do, um, before COVID and, you know, um, I haven't been since 2015, but like BlizzCon's another big one. A lot of folks go to BlizzCon and just, they don't go for the announcements. They go to meet their friends. You know, it's a common meeting ground for people to come together and just, you know, be together. Uh, and I think that's the critical thing here. When you're, you're making friends as adults, like you just kind of like you find your preferred Avenue. And I, I think your examples of like people wanting to meet folks and like going to, joining a bowling league or, uh, uh, you know, going to the bars like that could be their scene. Like, and totally like if you like bowling, you should absolutely join a bowling league because you're likely to meet people who also like bowling. Uh, If you enjoy going to the bars or the clubs, like you're going to meet people who like doing that too. Um, But uh, for me, it's like, I find just uh, it's just you go where you're comfortable. And I I think right now, like discord, I'm comfortable with that. I have a few things in and you know at work and stuff and i'm I'm comfortable with, like with that too like and meeting people at work and stuff and, and it's changed like work has changed a lot because it's moved during the pandemic to solely online and that's obviously changing as we return you know we're returning to the offices a, a bit more and meeting new people but um work has also kind of shifted to the online capacity as well like so the last three years has really been like online communities that's kind of been the focus right
0: and it, and that is like sort of parallel to what you were saying earlier about things like nerdtacular or meeting in person because like obviously when i see you in person it's like hey this is kind of cool we normally yeah. do the podcast and stuff like that but now we're we're seeing each other in person that's that like there's something special to it it becomes like a quote-unquote special occasion right um and uh, there is something that is really fun about that but i i would say that like You know, I wouldn't want to be in a situation where all my interactions are only, you know, with with digi friends, for lack of a better term, like having, you know, having that balance and like getting getting out there sometimes can be tough. And uh, one thing that's happened to me recently that I think is kind of like related to this is it there's this I I had a I, you know, like I, I had several friends in high school in this. I got like this Facebook messenger message from a friend from high school um, and it was really nice. Like, it was really like, at first I was like, okay, is he, is he like, cause he was quite lengthy Yeah, and I was, res- I responded with a quite lengthy message and then he was, respond- and I was like, is he trying, like, is he, you know, is there a connection here that he's like trying to like, oh, I, I, I'm going to be in town or, uh, or, you know, like there was, I was trying to, at first under decode why i was getting these messages because like if i get a message from Bo, well we've already we've already ascertained (laughs) we know why (laughs) i i I know what to expect and what and like i get messages from my friends i sort of get get a sense like okay you know that makes sense i deal with you daily i see your messages daily or regularly but then this this guy was a friend of mine from way back i hadn't seen him since the high school reunion And he started sending me messages. And as I started going through them, you know, know, and going back and forth, we were kind of sharing news and stuff. It became clear that he really just wanted to reconnect. Like at one point he was like sitting around and now he has, he has a kid of his own, a young, a young um, baby. And, you know, I think, you know, was a a really big working guy. and, And now is like more, you know, more at home, a bit on pat leave and some of this stuff And is look, he, I think part of, uh, making friends as an adult. Uh, if you're thinking, "Hey, now I want to make friends," like or or like I feel like I don't have enough friends. Well, there is literally nothing stopping you in our all-encompassing digital world from looking up somebody you liked that you've fallen out with or like you just don't see anymore. Somebody from high school or whatever and just send them a message and be like, hey, how's it going? Just thought about you the other day, was wondering what was up. Here's what's up with me. And like, I mean, it was awesome. Like, I've really appreciated it. And like, he, you know, hopefully he's like, maybe we can, you know, have a chat, go for a virtual coffee or he's in a different city than me. It's not so far, but I was like, oh, that's, that's, I really like, there was, I did nothing impressive he did it. He, he picked up the, you know, he, he just decided I'm going to reconnect with this guy. I remember liking him. Let's, let's let, let, you know, what's the harm? Like worst case, he doesn't respond or doesn't whatever. And then I, I hit up someone else. So I would just say that like, for those of you who are out there, like thinking, Oh, you know, I would like to, you know, I wonder how so-and-so is doing or whatever. They'd probably be happy to hear from you. You know, these people, that yeah you know, i know i was i was like hey that's awesome you know this guy is re- you know reaching out cuz often we're just too lazy or too comfortable in our our existing you know way of doing things and you know we or we think we need a reason to reach out to somebody that we've kind of fallen uh, out of touch with but you really don't like as long as you have their contact information which is easier than ever to find you know uh you can just send them a, a direct message on Facebook like we're all friends with like a bunch of Facebook folks that we probably don't talk ever talk to or think about and we can there's nothing to stop you from sending one of them a direct message sometime being like hey we haven't talked for a while what's up you want to you want to do something so i think sometimes it it doesn't have to be making a complete new friend if it seems too complicated you can just reignite an old friendship you know
1: yeah yeah i think there are there are many options out there and i think that i and i uh so like locally there's um i uh, like i'll occasionally like look up uh like our local uh subreddit so the peterborough subreddit and you know most of it's complaining about the current thing to complain about whether it's the new you know uh compost program or uh the bus schedule but occasionally there are you know we have a we have a vibrant student community here and occasionally you have folks asking like hey how do i how do I meet people? Like, uh, you know, I'm looking to make new friends and, and oftentimes the one that comes up, we have, a, we have a couple of, uh, like board game sort of hubs in town where you can like literally drop in. They have like, uh, open nights where you can just grab a board game and play with folks. And, you know, it's a, it's like an open environment. And I think it's like a, maybe you have to buy like a two drink minimum, whether it's like a coffee or a beer, I have no idea, but like, There are a lot of those options. So we joke about bowling leagues and clubs. Like, I think if you're if you are in a big enough city, like, of course, some of a lot of the stuff we're talking about, there are uh, obviously caveats. Like if you live in a small town, like it's it's certainly tougher to like you might have a Walmart, but you're not going to have like a board game club. Right. Um, You know, or you might not have, you know, you might not have any, uh, you know, friendships you want to rekindle from high school. You might not. You know, like that's that is possible, like that's a reality. But uh it is,
0: and I get your point about the small town and stuff, but like Gwen is having some issues at, at school where she's like, All these friends are in different groups or whatever, and how do I break into those things? And she's very independent minded and I'm like, you know, create your own thing. And you're right, you're right that it's difficult, like you can't but if there's no board game club that exists and that's something that is appealing to you i mean there's what's to stop you from starting something and like advertising it like if that's important to you or, or getting because i know people introverts, who are really into board games but have nobody to play with and then it's like you know in a small town there might be others and like you connect you connect those you know those those dots it, it I, i'm i know it's more complicated. Than what I'm saying, but like sometimes it's 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 about you know setting up that organizational structure yourself because it doesn't already exist. Um, and yeah, I I I I mean I I did stand-up comedy for the first time this year. I need to get back to it to borrow some of Ryan's parlance, uh <laughs> but but uh, the few times that I went, like I and, and tried to really put myself out there, I I met people. Like I'm sitting there and I'm meeting other people. I had a great conversation with this guy Hamilton at the bar, uh, waiting to do my set, and he's been doing it for a long time, and he's giving me good tips. And you know, like if I was going more regularly, maybe we, I would be like, hey, Hamilton, you want to do something sometime or whatever, uh, or ask somebody else uh, there that, that when I'm, I'm I'm following my passion in hope that it's going to maybe lead to me making some new connections and i know like the ottawa comedy scene for instance is, is kind of like i don't want to say insular but like there's a lot of there's a lot of people that know the people that know the people because they're all doing the 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 shows and stuff and so you get in on a seat like it seemed from the outside they seem so how do i do that how do i get in and i was absolutely in that boat in the end you just got to try to try to do it like get go out and find your way. And people will tend to be more welcoming than you think. But if you're picking up a hobby, you might end up finding, you know, finding bumping into new people. It depends though, in the end of your, it's like what your priorities are. If you're looking to make friends, I think it's still possible, but it means putting yourself out there in some capacity. And that can be scary. I get why it is. When I was talking to Gwen about it, I, I mean, she's like, but what if they don't want to play with me? And I'm like, I mean, then they don't and you, you go on and you wouldn't want, if they don't want to play with you, you shouldn't, you know, you, should you, would, you shouldn't
1: you with... should want to yeah. continue to try to play with them. Like, I think that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly. But it's hard when, when especially, you know, in, in a schoolyard when it's like, there's only so many girls to play with and there's a cool club and you're like, well, what, you know, they don't want to play with me. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just think that, that it, it is very much more difficult making friends as an adult because they're not new, new friends because they're not just in your face being presented to you in school or in the office or whatever. So, I mean, you've got to, you've got to, if that's something you want and that you value, you've got to make the effort. And and yeah. that means putting yourself up there and maybe facing rejection.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and that is true with any sort of social interaction. Like you, you do have to put yourself out there. And I think like I've made, um, i made like, even like using work as an example, like I was working in a satellite office. So like a, you went from having 50 people working in the same building to having six and I made it, I, I said to my managers, like, I would really like to do this like committee thing that meets once every other week or once a month, but it's at the main office. So it gives me a reason to go to the main office, you know, reacquaint with folks that I've, I've worked with for years and like. it it, that was a thing i had to do i had to do no one was going to force me to do it because they weren't like ryan you seem to be working a lot at your uh your satellite office and not coming to the main office like you should do xyz to correct that like it was it was a a thing that i had put out there and i think it worked quite well but then obviously that all went away with with the pandemic and and uh, everyone was working from home but it was a it was a decision i had to make and there there are other things that i've you know volunteered you know volunteer boards and and just to kind of get out there and meet new people like to get a new group of or community to to engage with and like i struggle with that as someone who has like i mean not social anxiety but like anxiety in general like putting yourself out there is is tough because essentially it's like well I could go do this thing that requires me to talk to a bunch of people and engage with complete strangers, or I could stay home and play video games or uh, just hang out with the family or podcast. Um, So it is good to kind of like shake things up and, and put yourself out there. Like some people join, you know, volunteer positions other folks go straight to stand-up comedy like C- crofton deserves applause there because honestly like i could never do that uh that that would be tough very tough for me to do but um it is about moving yourself out of that comfort zone and even when it is like an online community that you're joining or starting up or or engaging with like it's it, it is still putting yourself out there like it it is no different you know uh, especially if you're being genuine and positive,
0: it's a little different.
1: It's a little, like, I suppose, I, but yeah, it's you're still, it's still putting yourself out there.
0: Soon as, yeah, absolutely, no, no disagreement there. I just mean that like it's much easier to put yourself out there with a fake name, in, in, without your face, in a in a set like I, I'm, you know, than than to to step up to somebody and like. You know, this is me type deal, right? Like, I, I and you know maybe those, but if those are the baby steps needed to get to the the bigger steps, then I think that that that's great as well. But like, I mean, again, it's it is putting yourself out there one way or another, and uh, putting oneself out there is is never easy. I think we actually Ryan did a pretty good job covering this topic not to say we don't do a good job covering most (laughs) topics but i think that we actually like i mean i want to say there might be some value in this one uh yeah
1: you know what i think you're right I, i mean honestly like i think the topics are you're gonna have some light topics that it's like yeah halloween man it's really great and then you're gonna have topics that obviously we have you know a lot of experience with that, that has a lot of nuance to it. And I think making friends as adults, which again came from the discord suggested by listeners, or at least people who want to talk about our podcast. Like, I think it was very, it was very valuable. Like, uh, folks, um, sort of the, the, the discussion led to, Oh, that'd be a great topic. So, um, maybe, maybe our next topic might be uh you know another one that comes from the discord, who knows, maybe it'll be swearing, I don't know,
0: or it could be something that somebody sends us
1: true, that is very true,
0: so I guess I could just do the business, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah, you can t- so I you know what I should get the business in front of me because. Uh, I haven't looked at it for a while. So you can visit us on the web at TGI studios.com slash dad and get all uh, our old episodes there. We switched to like sort of topics for the diapers, maybe 10 or so episodes ago. So you can go through those topics. It's a good starting point. Um, You know, also Ryan, like, I mean, it's still a a month or so away, but we're coming up to the the daddy season, you know, uh, and uh, it's always an exciting time of year. Don't Google it though. Um, and, we'll, uh, and we look forward to talk about the, the latest and greatest that we, we uh, experienced this year. It makes me realize I need to watch more movies. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can email the show, dad, at tgistudios.com. We would love to get an email with a, a topic suggestion or any of your thoughts on any of the existing topics. Stuff we should check out. Always great. Ryan and I are both on Twitter. Uh, or x or whatever the hell it's called tirefire.com you can find me <laughs> at crofton that. steers and ryan at R. murphy the show itself has a has a, a twitter account which will update whenever there's a new episode that drops that's at D&D cast and of course we've mentioned it multiple times really worth doing joining us on the discord go to the gamers in discord and we have a discussion channel on there as well hope to see you there um, and Ryan, that's going to do it. Uh, I think we've made a lot of friends today. Yeah, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna be done. The one thing, the one person who's not my friend right now is Bo Schwartz. I'm calling <laughs> him out, and yeah. we're we're gonna we're gonna beef. But uh, but aside from that, that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, everybody. Bye, everyone.
1: Yeah, because as I say, be prepared.
0: Gwen, always getting the
1: final word. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think you tried to end the podcast at like the 15 minute mark and she was having none of it.
0: (laughs) None of it. None of it. She just is like, let's go. I'm just getting warmed up.